0: It feels like we've already started, so why don't we just dive in. Welcome to the state of Shakespeare. I'm Garrett Vandermeer. And I'm Jim Elliott. And with us today is my buddy, J.P. J.P., your professional name is?
1: is, My professional name is John Patrick, and I I used to perform under J.P. Matthews, Matthew being my middle name, but really my, my first name is John, my last name is Patrick, but everyone calls me J.P. So, there we are.
0: There we go. So, JP, John Patrick, welcome there to the go. program.
1: <laughs> Thank um, you.
0: It ends a full disclosure for our listeners. Uh, JP and I worked together recently. That's how we got to know each other. We worked together at true. the Gulf Shore Playhouse down in Naples on a world premiere adaptation of Scappino by Jeff Binder, who is the resident mm-hmm. associate artistic director at the Gulf Shore Playhouse. And yes. it was a great time. Yeah, it was. And, uh... JP, what was your function on the production? <laughs> yeah.
2: What exactly were you doing? What man, on baby? earth I, I were you question doing? A lot. Like,
1: how do you define <laughs> what, the fact what? that you are paid to do what you do? <laughs> um, so, yes, my my role was vocal coach on the production. But as I've discovered through my career, that is truly because they have no idea what to call me most of the time. So I'm, I'm a bit of a... An assistant director on a production. I'm a dialect accent specialist. I am a language coach, speech intelligibility, so the audience can hear everything, um, and an overall kind of consultant to the quality control of the production. Um, and I'll add this um, to make sure that I sound very hireable across the country, uh, which is I'm also a, a translator. I basically... I, most of my work is a director wants this actor's eyebrows go up and they go, huh? And then I step in and I translate and give them three different ways in a sense to embody what that note just was. Um, and I found that to be probably the most, um, uh, effective way I can work and where I receive my, my most joy. So I, I love that.
0: You are sort of an uh, an interlocutor between the director and the actors in a way. Is that enough? No, that we can't use that word well, either. I think I think you
1: just went down the rabbit hole deeper into words that don't exist.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So you do something. I basically, something about here, let, let me define it in my turn. You Look, are... I exist. I exist in the dark web. That's you basically are... where I exist
1: on yeah. the dark web.
0: You're basically like you're the parenting version of, you're (laughs) the favorite uncle. So so you get to come in and you get to play with the kids and get them all sugared up and then you get to give them back. Yes, this is
1: true. This is true. That's, that's actually a great point is because I'm not stuck with, um, the results as much as the director. Um, there is an ease that I can bring. That's not Unique to my person, so much as the role, which is okay. I'm not the actor, so it's not me at the end of the day that has to be on stage live night after night. And I'm also the director whose name is top billed and attached to the production. So because the stakes are are, I guess you could say lower for me, it allows me to to bring more ease into the room sometimes, and um, it does allow me to take up that middle space. Um, that exists in a rehearsal hall where the actors are doing their thing, the director's doing their thing, and everyone's projecting expectation. And I can step in and be like, hey, actually, um, it's not that. And it's not that. It's always usually the thing in between. So objectively, I can maybe tell you what I think that thing is that everyone's pointing to. and And what do you think? And then that bounces off of the, off of people and and um, usually helps. Usually, <laughs> adverb.
2: Can I? Would you? Would you describe yourself as like a vocal dramaturg?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I I I think of myself sometimes. You know, there's a sound designer on uh, a production. There's a lighting designer. There's a DP in film and TV, and I'm a bit of a soundscape designer. Like literally, the the soundscape of live vocals both on set or theatrically i'm the i help design that um so the visceral effects that the voices have in the room um from accent to just the expressions that are coming across the audience i I like to occupy that space helping design that experience for the actors
0: so just to just to catch up a little bit some credentials <laughs> <laughs> JP JP I have your just walk off the street. I have your bio here and I'm going to I'm going to read what said
1: that made you want to get into the credentials
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have your bio here I'm going to read a couple of the highlights uh Good. co-founder of the Miller Voice Method Studio Yeah uh JP is a tenured associate professor, head of voice and speech, and on camera teacher for the MFA Professional Actor Training Program at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Uh, mm-hmm. JP is the resident vo- vocal coach for the Playmakers Repertory Company, uh, company vocal coach for Gulf Shore Playhouse in Naples, uh, has taught at the Guthrie Theatre and many other uh, theatres and uh, uh, guest instructor and guest artist and guest speaker stints at uh, the most prestigious universities in the land. Yeah. <laughs> Um. So let's get let's get some background on you. Uh, yeah. Did you did you start off uh, uh, as as an actor or as a teacher or, or how did you get yeah, into I in this?
1: I would say both. Believe it or not, I think uh, as I as I look back at um, my life, it's now clear where I'm at now. That actually, I was uh, teaching from a really early age. And acting was of interest at an early age. So they were they were developing and evolving, and, and a parallel tract. Literally, since I was a little kid, I I remember being in elementary school and doing quite a bit of mentoring. Believe it or not, um, usually about <laughs> oh, me a boyfriend. You were that
0: kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was
1: so, oh my, so annoying! Like totally <laughs> annoying. I used to uh, be on the phone at night talking to friends at school about various boy and girl troubles and, and the, and the dramas that happen when you're elementary school. And, um, and I found myself really enjoying, you know, taking up that space of, uh, or really in a, in a sense, sharing that space with somebody on the phone and, and talking issues out. And before you know it, I, I, I continue to look for teaching opportunities and counseling opportunities at camps and theater schools for little kids as I, moved into like, you know, high school, and then that evolved to when in college when I got my BFA in acting and musical theater um, at Texas Christian University down in Fort Worth, Texas. I mean, instantly, I was attracted to um, more intensive training uh, for my voice and speech teacher. Her name was Margaret Loft. She's still with us. Um, Peggy was a legend in, in the field of voice and speech, and one of the founding teachers at Juilliard, and and she happened to take a retirement job teaching down there in Texas. So I thought she was incredible and, and started to pursue her as a mentor um, in you know, 19, 20 years old. So I used to, in the summers, when everyone else would be doing other things and in, in other interests, I was over at her house moving rocks, moving tree limbs and branches and helping her <laughs> garden a la you know, The Tempest. And in return she would <laughs> she would grant me private tutorials and continue to train me in phonetics and it I knew. feels like,
0: it feels like the, the this this the budding speech coast version of the karate kid. I was oh exactly my God. There, gonna say that. There it is, there it is.
1: You know, very much um, was in that vein. So I, I'm forever grateful to her time and mentorship in that development.
0: You still I, I imagine that's a lifelong relationship
1: yeah it has been um we've stayed in touch and she's been ill and and very weak um the last handful of years and so that's that's been tough to hear about from afar she's on the west coast now um but her daughter is a well-known playwright um you know amy freed who wrote your know, freedom land um and the beard of avon it mm-hmm. um, works mm-hmm. a lot with red bull theater company in new york is her daughter and, and of course lineage is incredible They're such a skilled talented family and um, and then I found another mentor in Scott Miller of Miller Voice Method in grad school who I've worked very intimately with um, and I'm close friends and colleagues with now. And that again, same thing in grad school, was got my MFA in acting to to be an actor, um, but the whole while was being mentored to teach um, this method that I was so passionate about called Miller Voice Method. So yeah, that's, that's been it. <laughs>
0: wow. Uh, boy, I... Yeah, I mean, this is probably off the air, but, um, I met a really magnetic voice coach who worked, I believe, at NYU two yeah. years ago at the, at Atha. And it was a, it was a, it was a meeting of, I think it's Vasta. Yeah, yeah. And I think it may have been, may have been Scott Miller. Would that make sense? Is a really charismatic? Yes. A uh, relatively yeah. young guy, you know, probably in his forties. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's
1: that's that's Scott. I mean, that's he's an incredibly generous man in general and an phenomenally generous teacher. And what was unique about him instantly when I was taking his class as an actor, it was the first. And this is no absolutely no um, dig on other teachers and their approaches. Simply, this was the first time I'd not been taught by someone from a place of status. And I could—I didn't know how to articulate that at the time instantly, but I could feel it. I was like, wow, this guy is as equally curious as teacher, as master teacher, as I am as student. And mm-hmm. everything we did, he'd question. And, and he would, you know, come up with some exercise and then be like, yeah, he'd hear the feedback and instantly massage the exercise to tailor it to the class that was in front of him. And to be able to do that takes incredible humility and sustained curiosity to uh, be willing to admit that you know nothing and that mm-hmm. everything you're teaching is ultimately flawed and will be improved every day if you allow it to be. And I was like, well, well, I've never experienced that before. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
0: um, and I was like, man, I want more of that. Man. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah,
1: approached him to, to work.
0: So at jumping ahead now you're a a vocal coach you work all over the country with lots of different mm-hmm. populations and you as a mm-hmm. vocal coach you're coming in solo you're bringing you're bringing <laughs> yourself to the table yeah. and I know that for everyone who's had a mentor that they've tried to emulate they've had the experience of discovering that they are not their mentor that the things right. that <laughs> that made yeah. their mentor uh outstanding were unique to that person wow. and they had to find their own way of being. And, and that, it's, sometimes that's a heartbreaking thing to realize that, that you yeah. are not that person and cannot work that magic in that way. And then you have to figure uh-huh. out a way of uh...
2: what your magic is.
0: So that is maybe a segue into, into one of the topics that we thought I thought would be interesting to discuss today. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe One of the ways of putting this is what are some of the cliches yeah. That uh, vo- vo- vocal coaches are guilty of uttering, and uh, should they continue to utter them um, or my, not?
1: This might be the most cathartic segment of my life. This is gorgeous.
0: <laughs> um, okay, so, <laughs>
1: I mean, these are things that I'm going to start going with what pops in my head, and we'll see what happens. All right. First, breathe into your belly. Oh,
0: no, about that
1: this, this phrase. Of course. That, for example, is physiologically impossible. Impossible. You cannot breathe into your belly. Your lungs go, you know, of course, to the ribs and halfway down the torso. And the thing that's expanding in the belly is not air. It's the dissension of organs that, uh, 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 that comes from, you know, the diaphragm expanding, therefore expanding the lungs. So the organs get pushed out and the belly gets bigger. And then a voice teacher goes, or a voice coach goes, come on, you got to breathe low, quote unquote, or breathe into your belly. And of course, what does an actor do? Just push out the belly with muscle, yeah, right. right To accomplish the result. So then you get all this additional overt tension from trying to accomplish the note or the directive. and um, boom, cliche has us chasing tails. Um, so no, you can't I mean, say that.
2: So that, that comes from, I mean, that comes from this, this idea, this notion of you repeat what you've been told, but you don't really yeah. think about it.
1: I mean, so much of the artistic training world and vocal coaching,
2: can live in the woo woo
1: um, of the ether, and and whenever possible, I'm trying to anchor a lot of uh, a lot of the voice world in as much science as possible. And no matter what, we're going to have to jump off the cliff together with some faith, of course. But whenever possible, why not use a little bit of science uh, when you're explaining something? Like, okay. What I mean is if you tense up your lower belly as in the transverse muscle, as in the rectus abdominis and the inner obliques, let me show you this on my iPad. When these muscles are grabbed, which are these sheet muscles underneath the skin that you can't see and sometimes it's hard to feel, if you grab these and hold these, your diaphragm is constricted. When your diaphragm is constricted from being able to move down, then your lungs can't expand. So the result is you're not breathing, quote unquote, low. So if you relax those belly muscles and let your diaphragm work naturally, boom, something starts to move in your belly, but that's a result of releasing of tension, not breathing into your belly. So mm. that's that's an example of taking the cliche, you know, connecting it with some science and then maybe having a more effective
2: note to give an actor. To that point, I think, you know, I think so much of acting training and using your voice is is experiential and yeah so w- when you do something like that and you fail miserably at it or it's just a, it's not it doesn't work, you still have that experience under your belt and you've just grown mm-hmm. yeah. and it's, i mean that you can't quantify that uh there's nothing you can but but by the end of this whole process you're you you have a much richer performance not only for the- su- successes that you've had but for the failures that you've had along the way,
1: yep yeah, that's right. That's right. It's all, you know, it's, it's all experiences.
2: It's all attempts. And I
1: say, and I try to, I'm always talking to myself. (laughs) I try to admit that to the students too. I'm like, (laughs) I'm about to give you the sage advice. And by the way, it's not mine to give. It's that I haven't had an original thought in my head ever. Um, and every time I tell it to you, I'm trying to listen to myself speak so that I can remind myself with every word. And one of the, one of the things that, that you bring up is that very idea that actually, Life is just the culmination of attempt after attempt after attempt until the last attempt, which is my last attempt to breathe, and then I die, and that's all it is, perhaps. Mm-hmm. So rather than trying to quantify, qualify, make it a binary, uh, good or bad, it's like no, it's just this accumulation of attempts, and isn't that cool?
0: That's beautifully poetic. Mm. So and let's get it. Sad, let, let's but... get it back down to the. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it back down to the lowbrow uh, uh, <laughs> clickbait version. <laughs> what, what's the number two cliche? Your,
1: t- entire <laughs> audience, your entire audience has left this podcast like unsubscribed. <laughs> Goodbye.
0: They're, they're, they've dived into their liquor cabinets. And are just oh, completely sabotaged all these years Stupid. of work. If they're, if they're still with us after eight years, they're, they're going to yeah. be eating this up. Oh, what's, what's another cliche?
2: So this,
1: this – um, this idea of, okay, let's talk about resonance, like, oh, you know, you need to be on voice and resonance. So you'll hear vocal coaches be like, no, it needs to stay on voice. Um, Well, that's a cliche, again, birthed out of a beautiful intention, which is, this is more, you know, this is, I guess, about life, too. um, But we can get away with this in life way more than we can, we can, um, theatrically, and I would argue on camera, too, which is, That if my voice starts to, in a sense, not receive a lot of air support and therefore kind of vocal fry, you know, kind of sound like this in the back of the throat. So when I say that line, it's kind of sitting in the back of the throat, opposed to it fully resonating and not frying my vocal folds. Um, Vocal coaches will harp on that all the time with students and and professional performers alike. And it is a cliche. And I think it's been given a bad name because what, what... any actor with their salt is trying to get after is a genuine authentic performance so all of a sudden talking like this whether it be shakespeare or something like like, where's my crack cocaine sir then all of a sudden we're in a world where um it doesn't sound like a human it sounds like a performer and gives me another opportunity to check out so it becomes incumbent on me to make sure i'm really specific with what that means, it actually has nothing to do with resonance or vibration. What I'm after is that in no way, when you have that impulse from listening to the other actor or listening to the the, the experience of the play itself or the audience, that when that impulse comes to speak and the need to speak happens, when that expression comes out of your mouth, the more you clamp on it through, let's say, laryngeal tension, throat tension, so it kind of gets squeezed out, the more you squeeze on it, the less there is for me to have in the audience. Because you're literally holding it. You're squeezing that expression out. So there's a bit of a holding on to the visceral experience that I want experience in the audience, that I want to be gifted. So mm-hmm. the result is a voice that's more, quote-unquote, on voice or more resonant. But I usually don't use those terms. I, I don't say the word resonance, but maybe once in three years in a three-year training track. Um, because these are results, kind of like emotional life is a result in acting class. Resonance hmm. is a result of other things aligning. So I don't really talk about resonance. Um, I talk about visceral information. I talk about intellectual information and clarity of intention and thought. And the rest of the stuff seems to take care of itself.
0: It's hard hmm. to fathom a, a vocal technique that um, where resonance isn't part of the conversation. And <laughs> breathing... <laughs> From the from the belly, <laughs> is yeah. part of the conversation. <laughs> Welcome it's, to
1: the revolution, brother! Wow, <laughs> yeah. that's,
0: that's amazing. So, so what yeah. else? I'm, I'm I'm eager for more, hungry for more. What else you got for yeah. us? Yes. Well, I th- I think um,
1: well, I, I mean, I'll speak to this, which is because the the disparate way we train actors. I'm going to get very opinionated. That's what we do on podcasts. Um, right, yeah. The very disparate way we train actors is, OK, we send actors to an acting class to learn acting Then you send them to movement class to learn movement Then you send them to voice and speech class to learn voice and speech. And sometimes, if not a lot of the time, those teachers really don't understand what the other teachers are doing, what they're after, and, and sometimes even become uh, uh, encamped in their dogmas, their pedagogies, and they're almost at odds with each other. Because we never share the same space, which is ridiculous. Think about this. Is, is there a more inefficient model we can think of than when you're being trained that you would go to all these specialists and not have an integration space to make sure it all comes together efficiently? We leave that for actors to figure out on their own. And they do because they're mythical beasts, actors, <laughs> And, they, and they're, they're adamant and they work uh, tirelessly to make the thing work. So they, they, they deserve so much credit because actually I feel like a lot of times teachers, we get in their way opposed to what would it be to have an acting teacher, a voice teacher, a movement teacher consistently in the same space with an actor um, and they're having to find different jargon and different ways of speaking about cliches that actually align and impact the actor in a useful way. And this is what I love about, I'm, I'm pretty choosy about where I work as a vocal coach and Gulf Shore Playhouse being a, a prime example of a place where the vocal coach is very much welcome in the rehearsal hall to work alongside the director. Um, and Kristen Corey, who's the artistic director down there, deserves huge credit for this. She, com- she creates a lot of space for me to come in and simply help. And then that means you're willing to have arguments. Um, you're willing to have disconnects right in front of the actors. <gasps> oh, oh my God. Right. We fear like, Oh, but I'll have too many voices coming at me. Well, welcome to the world. You know, that's, that's, that's the deal. We're all after the same thing. So let's, let's see if we can keep breathing and, and moving past the obstacles of the disconnect, uh, to that transcendent thing, which is usually bigger than any single person in that disconnect. So, well,
2: yeah, the one thing I'll say about the training program is that it, it always was my feeling that you take these classes and they're, yes, they're individual classes, but then the the co, the co cohesion comes when you go perform at night in on right. the stages of your, you know, and so, yep. you know, and it would be nice to have one thing that it would be nice to have is those teachers in that rehearsal room. So that you you know they're they're helping to guide you in terms of what they're doing in their classroom to yeah. coalesce with all the other things. But that that's always been my thought about the training is that's where the co- cohesion comes.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's and that's the thing, right? We kind of leave it to the actor to go through rehearsal process, which is absolutely essential as well. That at one point the actor has to you know jump off the cliff and and learn how to fly on their own for sure. Um, So what's that middle step? Is it you know multiple people in the rehearsal hall and multiple people in the classroom? But teachers and myself included would have to be willing to give up the ghost that we have the the best way in. Which of course we would tell students just so you know I mean there's many ways in we say.
2: But we, yeah, we, but, we, then but then there's I'm, my way. <laughs> but there's my way and it's pretty
1: darn good you yeah. know. Um, so you'd have to cohabitate that space. And be willing to give that up and and learn from each other. And, of course, I'm exhausted from learning some days. I don't want to learn anymore. I just want to teach. I just want to spoon feed because it's comfortable. Um, But then we ask our actors to do the opposite. And I think they can sense that, you know. Right.
0: Right. What, JP, we're, we're, we're running close to time, and I know you've got to fly. We asked you, we asked you to bring in a piece of text, as, as is our want, uh, um, a, a piece of Shakespearean text, but you, you suggested something radically different, and in fact, you had a, a a quote from, I believe it was an interview with Sam Shepard. Um, yeah. I think that might be a fitting way to close, if you wouldn't mind favoring us with, uh, uh, sharing this text with us.
1: Oh, thanks for that. I would love to do that. Yeah, this is the late great Sam Shepard now. I feel there are territories within that are totally unknown. Huge, mysterious, and dangerous territories. We think we know ourselves when we really know only this little bitty part. We have the social person that we present to each other. We have all these galaxies inside of us. And if we don't enter those in art of one kind or another, whether it's playwriting or painting or music or whatever, then I don't understand the point in doing anything. I try to go into parts of myself that are unknown. And I think that those parts are related to everybody. They're not unique to me. They're not my personal domain. Catharsis is getting rid of something. I'm not looking to get rid of it. I'm looking to find it. I'm not doing this in order to vent demons. I want to shake hands with them.
0: Hmm.
2: It's a lovely last, last thought. Yeah. Because I mean, and isn't that what we do as as acting teachers in a classroom is that we're getting these people to confront their demons and say hi to them.
1: Yeah. And, and again, maybe it's the mid century thing that there's probably a lot of teachers back in the day that could get away with, with you know bad therapy in the classroom and being slightly abusive and dealing with the psychology of an actor and, and actors are much more empowered, uh, in this society, due to their access to information, not to mention a much more litigious society,
2: mm-hmm. so
1: I I feel like nowadays we're the pendulum is swung and we're looking for that middle space where we can again feel comfortable relatively to dive into those demons and at the same time it be on everyone's own personal terms and not made to or expected to. But simply invited into the grand experiment and the investigation.
0: JP, I feel like uh, we could talk to you forever. And thank you. Mm.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's awesome.
0: uh, Thank you so much for sharing your time and talent with us today. It's been delightful.
1: Yeah, you guys are incredible. I really appreciate
2: this time. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you.
0: I'm Garrett Vandermeer.
2: And I'm Jim Elliott.
0: And thank you for listening to The State of Shakespeare.